This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. City are in Greece for another European Cup final. We could get used to these. We're here to discuss City Showdown with Sevilla, Kevin De Bruyne's injury, and plenty more. It's Wednesday, August 16th. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Ollie Kirsch. And this is the City Report Podcast. Hello, Mr. Kirsch. Welcome back to the show. How's things? Yeah, good, good. Uh, season's back. I think I said it on one of the other episodes, I just so wasn't ready for the season. Like, I would have appreciated another few weeks off, but seeing Haaland's face when he scored that second goal, man, and just the, the feels when Haaland scores, uh, it just changes everything again, doesn't it? You All of a sudden, you're back into it and you're ready to go, and now I just can't wait to, to get back to the Etihad. Hey, Spotify's. Click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Yeah, as a surprise to no one, I took the far more cynical route um, with that feeling. And I said this on the season preview that I needed to see others feeling joy, that I didn't want to feel any joy in order for me to feel re-engaged with football. And um, Monday night's events at Old Trafford definitely clicked me back into gear with that. Um, <laughs> so for, for obvious reasons, but we're, we're limited on time today. So we're going to get straight into the football and, and keep it short and sweet since we are on the day of the game. Um, I want to start with a simple question. Do you care about the UEFA Super Cup or is it a game of little consequence, major consequence? Um, this, this is kind of paradoxical given the way you've just worded the question. I care about it from the perspective of we've never won it before. 
Hell, I don't think we've, we've not even participated in it before. Uh, I don't think it existed back when we won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So for the novelty, uh, for the fact that when we get to the end of the season, if we have another haul of trophies, it will count for whatever we title that, you know, double, treble, quadruple, whatever it might be, it will count for that name as the Community Shield did when we did the quad domestic quad. Um, and just anyway, we should be beating Sevilla. But will it have consequence? Not really. It, it can only have positive consequence. It can't have negative consequence. It, it's almost a no-lose situation for me here. Like the Community Shield, if we win it, then at the end of the season when we're tallying up what we've won, it will be there. If we lose, we're not even going to look back and all attention will turn to Burnley and like the Community Shield within a week or two, we've forgotten about it. But it's the first time we've competed in it. It's fresh silverware for the cabinet. It would be nice to pick up. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think it's one of those games that if your team is involved, it's a big game. You know, it's technically a cup final and you've got to win big things to get there. So um, it's kind of, uh, it's almost like a trophy parade. It's it's a game involved in a trophy parade. But um, yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I've, it's a game I've never really watched in the past, but City haven't really been involved in it, as you said. So um, I would imagine the players want it, don't they? Because all of the talk we're hearing out of the city camp is they want to win everything. We've heard that from Pep. We've heard it from plenty of the players that, um, you know, I think some of the sentiment after winning the treble was, well, we've, we've climbed to the top of European football. What can we do now? But I think the players and, and the coaching staff have kind of tried very hard to switch that mentality around the club and, and be like, no, there's, there's plenty more to win. So I would imagine that in the city camp, they, they want this just as bad as any other trophy. Yeah, I mean, they're all winners, aren't they? They're all winners. And there would have been a few that were very, very annoyed So it's not about not winning the Community Shield. I think Jack Grealish, before the game, said it was quite important to him because he's never won it before. This squad don't achieve what they've achieved without being of, of some... Just a, a level of competitiveness that average human beings like me and you will never know. And like, we're pretty, pretty competitive, right? Um I know that because we're both we're both COD players or former COD players. I know that you've got a nasty streak on you when it comes to competing in video games and various. And I'm the exact same, right? What I want to do, I want to win, but not at the same level. These guys are on a different planet. You could probably play a game of of cards with these guys, and they they would go off in a huff if they lost. Like they will want to win everything that they enter, absolutely. And again, not just for the purposes of they want this cup, but they don't want to lose a game to Severe. As well, they believe, rightly so, that we're a better side and they want to prove that on the pitch. Yeah, let's look at it from a player point of view then because I think the biggest question going into this game is probably how we expect City to line up. And um, we're going to come on to the Kevin De Bruyne injury later Mm -hmm. on in the episode. But, you know, if you look at that Burnley game and and there was maybe one or two starters we maybe didn't expect, um, you know, Rico Lewis, Julian Alvarez... um, Kevin De Bruyne, of course. Um, we saw Kovacic come off the bench. We saw Laporte come off the bench, which he has obviously a big question mark over him still with the transfer window open. We saw Yasko Gavardi all make his debut, and then we saw some more of the kids like Cole Palmer and James McAtee. Is this a game where, keeping in mind, we have a very big Premier League showdown with Newcastle at the weekend who looked very good on, on the opening weekend? Is this a game where you look ahead to the weekend or because it's our first time in this cup final, um, 
you know, I wouldn't say you're prioritizing it, but you, you don't really consider what's coming up next, do you? you? You just kind of go full strength and try and win the trophy that's in front of you. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's the approach we're going to take. I don't think we're going to take any chances. I, it's going to be one of those like where we kind of get to the FA Cup fourth or fifth round and we've got upper championship opposition and we're all sat here saying yeah you know I think it's going to be a bit of a rotated squad and you know we'll probably have a few of the key players but mix in some second string and then on the night Pep surprises is all the guy just goes full strength right I think it's going to be one of those situations that we're going to look at maybe a couple of rotated players in our pre-match discussions like now and the lineups are going to come out an hour before and everyone's going to be like Wow. Okay. Yeah, we really want this. That that is what I think we're gonna the way I think we're gonna approach it. Yeah, I think we'll probably see something a bit different from Burnley, but not not too much different. You know, I think we'll probably mm. see Yasko Gavardi all from the start. This feels like a good game to get him up to speed. It, you know, it's going to be high intensity. Um, there is something on the line, but like we said at the beginning, it's one of those games where if you lose it, it's it's not much consequence. Um, well, the defense, the defense, right, is kind of going to write itself, despite how many heads we've got, because Chancelo's not gone anywhere, Laporte's not gone anywhere. But there's been questions over Diaz's fitness. Um, Ake as well, is he fully fit? Uh, sure. He played. He played against Burnley. I think he played 65, yeah. 70 minutes. Gomez, well, Gomez is Gomez. He's not not really trusted. He's kind of there as a utility man if we need to pull somebody in. Um, Laporte isn't going to play Chancelo. Well, Laporte isn't going to start, most likely. Chancelo hasn't travelled with the squad, by the looks of it. So we only are really picking four from Lewis Walker, Akanji Stones, Gvardiol. Okay, six. We're picking yeah. four from six here. So it's kind of going to write itself. Um, I think the main questions are, as you said, is Gvardiol going to start? And will it be Rico or Kyle? Well, you know, at Burnley, we saw both of them, so you, you never know. Um, you're right. I think the bigger question marks come when you look further up the pitch. And um, obviously, when, when Kevin De Bruyne went off injured, we saw Kovacic take his place. Um, at Burnley, we saw Alvarez kind of playing in that um, attacking midfield role that we saw him cameo in a few times last season. Um, I think maybe a lot of this depends on the fitness of Jack Grealish, you know, if if Grealish is fit, he'll play and he'll probably play 90 minutes like he does most games. And maybe that pushes Phil Foden into midfield and, and Alvarez back onto the bench. Um, so how do you see that attack lining up? Because with the De Bruyne injury, it feels like it opens up kind of a, a whole new can of worms as far as mm. where Phil Foden is going to, is going to feature how, how far up the pitch Kovacic is going to feature. Does Alvarez mm. stay you know, kind of as a pseudo <laughs> midfielder. Are we assuming that Calvin Phillips is not getting a start? Unfortunately, I think so. It'd be great. I would. I, I think it's a great time it's to not do it. Happen, is it? But it's just not. It's just. <laughs> it's not, not going to happen. So again, process of elimination. No Phillips. He's not going to start. Peroni isn't going to start. Um, we're quite limited, really. We're very thin on the ground. Rodri is going to start, of course. Kovacic. And well, well, I mean that's it for for, for midfielders anyway. The other options are going to be in, in that kind of hybrid number eight role, McAtee or Foden. That that's it. So it's going to be Foden, right? It has to be. 
So midfield, well, Rodri, Foden, Kovacic, just for lack of options. Let's stick with midfield, and I do want to talk about Calvin Phillips. The, the message from the club clearly in the summer, and maybe this comes from Calvin not wanting to go, we, we've heard, you know, that he wants to stay and fight for his place. And when we've seen players do that in the past, we've seen it with Zinchenko and, and players like that, they get the chance to fight for their place, and obviously Zinchenko mm. earned it on a number of number of occasions. This feels like a game to play Calvin Phillips in. Now, I mean, I feel like we've said that so many times, mm. and it just never happens. But I think with Pep, you know, especially in midfield, especially in the Calvin Phillips, Fernandinho, Rodri role, it's all about trust, right? Trust in making the correct decisions, trust on when, when to sit back, when to go forward, which passes to play, when to speed it up, when to slow it down. It's all about trust. And surely the only way to gain trust is to play. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm kind of almost on my hands and knees begging at this point for him to get a chance in a game of consequence because we just haven't seen it other than, what, Southampton in the League Cup and everybody was dog shit that day? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, look, I'm, I'm gutted about how things have unfolded so far with Phillips because I had real high hopes. Thought he was he was a superstar for England. He was fantastic for Leeds. He, he showed a range of ability on the pitch, from you know defensively to those raking long balls to getting forward for England. He was in that number eight role at times, and the way it's turned out just hasn't been great. But I think part of this is just because Rodri is in front of him. Rod- Godry, right? The f- Fucking Rolls Royce of world football at the moment, Rodri. How do you unseat somebody like that? You and say then if that, you go but, into a, but Rodri if, himself if came like out this, this week. Rodri himself came out this week and said flat out, "I'm playing too much football." Yeah, no, a hundred percent. He he is. But Pep, as a manager, has a decision to make that if he wants to win a competition. And it's not Calvin Phillips' fault, but the drop-off is huge. You get, Take any midfielder in the world at the moment, and the drop-off between Rodri and them is huge. There is nobody on his level. So, in a game of consequence, you want Rodri on the pitch. And we might be getting to a point where Phillips is more likely to start in the early rounds of the FA Cup or the early rounds of the League Cup. But if we really want this trophy, it is unbelievably hard to drop Rodders. It really is. But hey, listen, I, I still have faith in Phillips. There is precedent for players that have been out of favour at City and have fought the way back in. As you mentioned, Zinchenko is an amazing example of that. Um, but uh, probably not for this game, no. But then obviously it causes another problem because Rodri's got to play at the weekend against Newcastle. and We won't drop him then either. So... I don't know. Um, I just get the feeling that Pep trusts Stones or even Lewis over over Phillips at the moment. Yeah, I think that's another thing working against Phillips, isn't it? The fact that you know one or even two players out of the back four are stepping into midfield now, and and there is other cover for Rodri. And you know, it used to be that that four three three and Fernandinho or Rodri was was on a, on an island in midfield almost, and. They could be on an island because they're phenomenal players and they read the game so well. But now we've got you know Kovacic in there that can play the same role. You've got Stone stepping in, into midfield, Rico Lewis stepping into midfield. And it just feels like in the pecking order, he's just so low. It's just, it's just not going to happen. But that'll do for part one. We'll be back in part two to discuss Kevin De Bruyne's injury, Rico Lewis's new contract, and plenty more. 
The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Before we go any further, if you are new here, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues just like you. We got to come on to it, unfortunately, Ali. Um, we obviously mentioned it in part one, and that's that's Kevin De Bruyne's injury. Now we've got um, we've got some confirmation from Pep that he's likely going to get surgery and he could be out until twenty twenty four. Obviously, we'd hoped for for better news, but when you see a 32-year-old player re-injure a, you know, a hamstring that was recently torn, you can't really hold out much hope. Um, how much of a miss is this? Do City have the squad to cope with the loss? Does the transfer business in the remaining weeks of the window become that much more important? Um, you know, it's It feels like it's, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered now. In terms of sheer quantity... Yes, we need we need another pair of legs. There's no doubt. Um, as we just mentioned, when you actually look at the squad, the travelling squad to Greece, all we're missing from the travelling squad is Bernardo and De Bruyne. And all of a sudden, it's like we we now have no options. We have very few options in midfield. So we need another pair of legs, for sure. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the impact on the quality, it's so hard to quantify. It really is, because... We have, over the last few years, lost a key player every single summer. I think starting from company, uh, and sorry if I miss anyone, I think Yaya, then company, then Sergio, then David. Was it David, then Sergio? I can't remember which way it was. David, then Sergio. Yeah. Um, then Fernandinho, and now Gundo. So every summer we've lost a player that is you could probably say as key to the squad as De Bruyne is. And we haven't really suffered for it. We haven't really suffered for it. So for any other club, it's it's a killer blow to the season. But we are so used to getting through losses of key personnel and coming out for some insane reason or because of Pep, a stronger side, that nobody's really... Worried. Nobody's having kittens about this, right? Whereas otherwise, you know, other clubs they might be. Um, you know, if Spurs it, had lost Kane to injury, or you know, if uh, I was going to say United, but they don't even have an identifiable key player at the moment. But, um, you know, Liverpool with Salah, they'd lost those players. That that could have been it for the season if they'd gone for four months. For City, I, I don't know if we're being complacent or it's just that it is true that Pep will find a way. I'm not sure. It's interesting you say that because. 
it's this really weird paradox with City in the last few years and, and Kevin De Bruyne because if you ask any City fan and maybe any Premier League fan who the best player at City is and potentially the best player in the Premier League, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne. You know, Amos obviously is is somebody who has long banged the drum that Kevin De Bruyne is City's most talented player in club history. But I can think back to, I think maybe it was the COVID season in which with a fit Kevin De Bruyne, people were still saying that City's best midfield was Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, and Rodri. And there's always been this very weird paradox with Kevin De Bruyne that he maybe is not a player that fits the system in a sense because he he's so free and and kind of does his own thing and obviously you know works magic all the time. But I don't I think that that theory has kind of been blown away. But it, it's existed in the past, hasn't it? It's both, but this is the thing with KDB is he's had he he isn't a, he isn't a player that belongs in in the system or in any system. De Bruyne is not a cog in the machine, right? So, in theory, we 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 can press on without him. But Kev's the Ballon d'Or player, right? If you were going to say of City, take out Haaland, you know, City of previous years, for any player that's going to win the Ballon d'Or in that midfield, it's going to be Kev. But there has always been a reasonable argument to say that Rodri is more important, that Fernandinho is more important, that Bernardo was more important. They're the cogs in the machine. They're the ones that if you take them out, that machine might damn what might well damn break down. Whereas De Bruyne is kind of the, the he's the cherry on top. He 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 makes it beautiful. So are we, we going to struggle without him? I I, I don't. I, I don't think we will. I don't think we will. And we've shown before, like last season, when Kev is in poor form, and he does have spells of poor form, we crack on. The problem is that it was Gundogan that was stepping in to replace De Bruyne's contributions in front of goal and for the assists aspect, and he's gone. So the question isn't necessarily, do we have a replacement for De Bruyne? It's, do we have a replacement for the cog in the machine that was Gundogan? Or in the case of injury, Bernardo, can Phil step into that role? Can Kovacic step into that role? Or if we if we get him in, can Lucas Paqueta step into that role? That brings me on to my next question, because obviously the fear coming into the season was, you know, which it's hard to say this about any Pep Guardiola City side, but the fear coming into the season was that there might be a lack of creativity in the side with with Riyad Mahrez going, Ilkay Gundogan going, and the players that come in to, hard to say, replace them. But the signings that were made were obviously Kovacic and Gavardi, all a, a defender and a midfielder that's not known for those similar you know goal-scoring attributes like, like Ilkay Gundogan. So how much more important does the transfer window come now? Because... We've obviously heard strong links with Jeremy Doku, um, and the Lucas Paqueta deal seems to be accelerating a bit. I'm sure it's accelerated by the fact that De Bruyne is now injured. Um, how much do those deals move the needle in in De Bruyne's absence, and how much of a miss would it be to not complete one of, if not both, of those deals? Uh, yeah, uh, again, I'm not con- I'm not too concerned on the creativity side. I think we've got players that can do that. Foden, of course. Um, Alvarez can add it to his game. Grealish, Grealish, I think, can adapt his game. He's not the primary creator in this squad, but I think he's got the capability to do so. Yeah. My, my concern is more about the legs, is purely the number of personnel that we've got. Because another injury or two while De Bruyne is out for four months... We're, we're, we're paper thin. So it's important that we get 
the players. Um, am I overly concerned about whether, for example, Lucas Paqueta has the range of passing that De Bruyne has and he has the same XGC and da da da? da. No. No, I'm not bothered because somebody will step up. The talent is in that squad, but it's just a case of can we get 11 top players on the pitch? Um, that's my main concern. So it's important that we get them in. I'm not saying that we should get anyone. I'm sure the board have done all the scouting necessary to make sure that these are the right players, but we, we just need heads at this point. For, for me, that's that's where we stand. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we get out of here, quick word on Rico Lewis. Obviously, he extended his contract until 2028 today. Um, not a surprise to anybody, but still fantastic news, isn't it? I know, I know this is your boy, so how excited are you yeah. about this one? No, I, I was with his old man this morning when the when the, literally when City Extra tweeted it in the news broke, I was with him. Um, and, I mean, his phone went off the hook, obviously. And, yeah, he's, it's true. He's been a City fan since he was a kid. Um, he's, he's from... You know, remarkable family. Um, he's got everything from 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 his technical attributes to the way he reads the game, to the way he plays the game, and how he tries um, to his mentality. I, I think he's got everything that he needs to set himself up for success long term at City. And no doubt there were clubs sniffing around for him. No doubt there will be clubs sniffing around for him in the future. But um, he's a blue, he's a local lad. And I think he's got more than enough potential, if not quality right now, to be a key part of the squad for, for many, many years. So, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Oh, and it's interesting because he's really the first player that we've seen break out of the academy from the generation that I would consider to be, you know, Pep's children, in a sense. You know, mm. Phil Foden obviously came through and when Pep was in town, but um, he was long in the academy before Pep kind of, you know, instilled his his beliefs and his culture all the way down to probably the the under nines. Um, you know, when City won the title last season, I remember the celebrations on the pitch and and uh, I can't remember his name, the name is escaping me, but one of the the youth coaches was on the pitch with Rico after the game and they were talking about, um, you know, how he had been playing that inverted role since basically he could remember playing football and it's really cool to see how we're we're kind of now seeing the generation of of kids from the academy that were legitimately schooled by Pep Guardiola make it all the way into the first mm-hmm. scene and it, the first team and it's uh it's an exciting time isn't it yeah i think oscar bob probably falls into that age category as yeah. well so how long ago is it i mean pep joined 7 years ago which would have made rico what 11 i think 11 or 12 12 um, yeah yeah, so yeah, you're right. His his most important formative years in football were in the school of Pep. Uh, so yeah, I think he'll hopefully be the first of a number to come through. Um, unfortunately, Carlos Borges left. He was of that age age range. Um, Oscar Bob has got a decent shout. Palmer's that bit older with Phil. Uh, so. Yeah, hopefully Rico is a taste of what's to come from the academy um, over the next few years, really. These players that have been been under Pep's tutelage from the age of kind of 9, 10, 11, 12 through to where they are now. It's interesting. Absolutely. It's, a great, it's a good point. I, I actually hadn't thought that. It's a great point. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how the style changes with these players uh, compared to those like Foden that were brought through. Yeah, absolutely. That'll do for us today. As I said earlier, please leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Ali, thank you very much. 
Thank you. And until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.